Thank you for tuning in to the Captain Paul Watson Foundation podcast. Before I start uh, my interview, I wanted to let you know that there's a few spots where the signal uh, gets a little weak between me and my guest. I've done the best I can to try to boost the volume in those places, but it is a little weak nonetheless. So I wanted to apologize for that, but I do think overall um, it's a great interview and I hope you enjoy. I'm joined with Hans Cyber. She is the Australian coordinator for the Captain Paul Watson Foundation. Hans, how are you today? I'm great. How are you? <laughs> Very good. Thank you. It's wonderful. I really appreciate that you can join me. Uh, you know, I wanted to start, Hans, with maybe you uh, giving our audience uh, some background as to how you got involved with everything and, and uh, learn more about you. Oh, how I got involved. I started, um, it was back in, I think, 2010. I, um, I actually used to own a nightclub because I was in hospitality. That was my background. And um, I was doing some promotion for the venue online. And then I saw the, a, a dolphin being slaughtered on YouTube. And I was really, really shocked to see that footage. And this is way back then. And I didn't know anything about any of this. Nothing at all. Very ignorant, naive, had no idea. And um, so I did a lot of research, you know, flipping through YouTube clips and more and more. And the more I dug, the more I saw. And um, and then over time, I sort of became addicted. This is all sort of like, you know, YouTube, Facebook, and it was all it was all new, you know. And we still had the flip phones and you know all that sort of stuff. Showing my age, but anyway. And um, so I was we sort of about six months did more and more research, and then I found out about the dolphins in Taiji and, and what they're doing over there. And then I found out about, say, Japan dolphins and I contacted Rico Barry and I said, well, I live in Melbourne, I own a nightclub, what can I do? And he said, oh, well, you can have a fundraiser. Well, they emailed me back. Did you can do a fundraiser? So I did a fundraiser and then um, and that's the first one I'd, I'd ever done. I had no idea what I was doing. And then I was like, well, what else can I do now? And um, he said, oh, well, they said you can um, – uh, we're holding an annual – protest at the Japanese embassy and you can host the one in Melbourne. I was like, yes, great. Okay, I'll do that. And I'm like, what does that mean? Right. <laughs> host, a, host, a, host a protest. How does that work? I had no idea. So then I had to learn how to start Facebook groups and try and get people to join. And then, um, then um, I got a phone call from the federal police because my name was on the website. The federal police rang me up and they're like, how many people are you having here? Who's What, what time are you starting? I'm like, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing. So um, I got to the day of the, the protest and there was 15 people showed up to the, to the, the protest. Right. They had, a, they had a, a, um, a little mini fence around the front door so that we couldn't <laughs> go outside the fence. Oh and there were 15 police officers there. Unbelievable. <laughs> and, the, and two federal police. And I was like, wow, that's just for me? Okay, okay, sweet. Yeah. So anyway, we did our protest, two hours. We walked in circles, we chanted, and then we left, and that was it. But at that protest, I met a girl who um, she was doing an anti-whaling day protest a couple of weeks later, and she, and she said, oh, I've come to your rally because I'm doing my first rally, and I wanted to see what they're like. I said, well, you've come to the wrong rally because I don't know what the hell I'm doing. So then um, I ended up going to her protest a couple of weeks later at the Steps of Parliament for Anti-Whaling Day, and that's where I first found out about Sea Shepherd. And wow. so she introduced me to Sea Shepherd and I saw all these people in, you know, the Jolly Roger T-shirts and, and I was like, who are all these people? And I had been doing this 
way for over a year that I always thought I was alone the way I felt about the dolphins. And mm. when I met these people from Sea Shepherd and the ships, I, for the first time I, I didn't feel alone anymore that, I, that the way I felt about these animals. And then after that, it just sort of steamrolled from there and I learned more about factory farming and then, you know, suddenly six, six months later, I'm like, I'm going vegan, that's it. Wow. No more, I'm not contributing to this. And then um, I started volunteering onshore for the chapter, the Melbourne chapter, and then um, started going to the schools and teaching kids about, um, you know, ocean conservation. I had never been out there or anything, but it's just what I'd learnt along the way and from research and stuff and talking to the crew members and, you know, all that and got to see the Steve Irwin and, you know, um, the ship. And um, and then eventually I just hounded Peter for like every couple of weeks I'd send him an email and, you know, I, I need, I, I'm the education coordinator. I need to come on board this vessel. I need right. to do this campaign. Finally he emailed back and he said, all right, you can do the first leg, which of course was my dream come true. And then um, so I got on the Steve for the first for Operation Relentless for mm. the first um, thinking, you know, when they go back to refuel, I have to get off. Um, but I ended up doing, I ended up staying on and I literally stayed living on and off the ships for six years wow. after that. And then eventually um, I, I stayed living on the ships for the first two years and then I, went, I got on the Bob Barker for the Ice Fish campaign, did that, mm. and then I, I moved back to the Steve when we got back and then um, – got off for a while, earned some money back in hospitality. And then, um, then I went, did the next campaign and then, you know, and then just sort of went from there. And then eventually I just literally was going from ship to ship, you know, Melbourne to Africa to, you know, wherever. And, and, um, just going around and, and ma I managed the Ocean Moria, I managed the Steve, then do a, a, t a campaign in Tanzania and then flew back and I had one day in Melbourne and then back on the Steve and then a week later, off on another campaign, and, and that was kind of like my life for the end of my wow. um, six years. And and then um, I got a bit of burnout, a bit exhausted, yeah. and then took some time off. And then I went back in this year, two thousand twenty-two, for the. So I I finished on the Ocean Warrior in two thousand nineteen, at the end of two thousand nineteen, and then I went back onto the Sharpie for Conservation Society in um, May, June, July this year. And and that's when I left early when I found out that they were changing the name and all that sort of stuff and um, uh, they had kicked Paul out. And so that was sort of like my, no, sorry, I didn't sign up for this. Right. Uh, I'm not I'm not impressed with Paul's treatment. I, You know, the, the hard part for me was the love I had for Peter and Alex and um, to see this, this sort of happening and, and uh, um, it just really – it, it still is a little heartbreaking when I th think about it, you know, and then um, Peter, who I idolised, you know, I mean, when Peter first came onto the Steve on my first campaign and I was this quartermaster who had no idea what I was doing, <laughs> no idea. And the, the cameras are in your face for whale wars, you know, and you and you and they, the, the captain's asking me something and I'm just like completely, I don't know what you're talking about because <laughs> I knew no navigation, no nautical terms, nothing. Right. And, the, and, uh, <laughs> And um, and then Peter comes on board in the middle of Antarctica. He came on board from the, the Bob and he walked straight up to me and he gave me a hug and he goes, hi, Hans. And I'm almost melted. I was like, wow. Peter remembers my name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh, my God. I was 
so like, oh, yeah. wow, I was so starstruck with Peter. I was just like, God, you're so amazing. You're so inspirational. You're so, you're, you're what, you you are what makes me want to do what I do, you know, and mm-hmm. sign my life away to the whales and the, and the marine life and, you know, fight for this cause because you're so amazing. And so to fast forward to today and having what's happening now, um, you know, it's, it's quite heartbreaking and, and sad and, and um, unfortunate. So, yeah. but yeah, this is where we're at. Wow. Uh, well, so you met, you brought it up. So I, I do have a question for you about that, which is, you know, how have people in Australia reacted to that breakup between Sea Shepherd and Captain Watson? I think um, Paul has definitely, like a lot of people, a lot of people see Paul as the the base, the, the, the backbone of the organisation and to see him outed the way he was. And I think it wasn't even, look, Paul, Paul is a human being. He's He's not perfect. None of us are. Um, you know, he, the reason that he's so vocal is, is the reason he's a good activist. Yeah. And, you know, when you, when you take all that aside and you look at what that makes that man who he is, then you can appreciate the, um, hurt and anger he's going through and the, and the, um, devastation of being shafted by your best mates, you know, and, 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 um, so I feel for him for that. And, and, um, a lot of Australian people do. We Australia is very supportive of the cause. We are very ocean um, aware, and and you know a lot of surfing here, a lot of um, you know water babies. You know Australia yeah. is. A, I mean, we're our little island on our own. You know, so oh, yeah. um, we can appreciate that. And Sea Shepherd was the you know the fighters for that cause, and and Paul is the backbone of that. And and I think it wasn't so much that, that um, this happened to him. It's the way it was done. It was just sort of very underhanded and very um, like a lot hiding a lot of secrets and the silence that came from Global. I don't think did them any favors, um, even though they they probably think it did. But you know the messages, the amount of messages and emails I have received mm. since I decided to take this role on, even before I took the role, because I did make a post about what happened in Mexico and. That kind of started a, a few things, but um, it's been nothing but positive. Um, yeah. A lot of support, especially from veteran crew members mm. who have all been sort of shafted at some point or another by someone, mostly people in um, Sea Shepherd Australia, um, and they've reached out and they've, you know, told me their stories and and it's it's kind of, it's pretty heartbreaking. And some people have gone public with it, and some people have kept it quiet because they don't want to get involved, but. The support has been huge and and I think, you know, at the end of the day, and I've discussed this with Paul a lot and and a few others, that we don't care who you support. You know, we feel that there should be more organisations out there doing what we're doing. If there was, the workload wouldn't be so hard on us, you know what I mean? It wouldn't yeah. be so much, you know, and, and um, if, there, if we could just all focus on the cause and not worry about who's supporting who and, who's saying about who, about what, and, you know, all that, just let it all go and move forward. It's done now. It's done. Yep. You know, we, we just need to move forward and focus back on what the cause is. And that's now Paul's got a ship and, um, you know, I can't wait to see it. And, yeah. um, you know, so, so we're moving forward. And then this is the thing. He, it only just fuels his fire. Oh yeah. Really? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, and, you know, in the conversations I've had with Paul, you know, he's, He's gun ho. I mean, he's he's ready, 
And um, it is neat to see him with that enthusiasm and that rekindled spirit that he has now. And that's the thing. That's the thing that these all these people who have followed Sea Shepherd all these years is because of that spirit that Paul has that has got everyone, you know. I mean, he, like I said to my mum, Paul is like a bull in a china shop. You cannot stop him. Nope. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yep. And, uh, you know, so it, and that passion that he has is what gets everyone else off their bum to do something and, and get involved as well. And if that's what it takes, then that's what it takes. So if it means that Paul's going to get a bee up his bum and start writing stuff on Facebook and get everyone on, you know, come on, let's go, we've got to do this, then yeah. let's get up and do it. Yeah. You no. know? No, so, well and you put. can tell within a couple of months he got a ship. So Oh yeah. You know, no, he's, he's already crewed. <laughs> yeah, he's he's Paul Watson. He he gets things done. It's it's incredible. <laughs> yeah. So okay. Yeah. So so you're the new Australian coordinator. So what are some of the challenges, I guess, of you know, starting from scratch and, and just kind of picking up this new organization now? Oh, look, um, I think the, the challenges I'm finding, well, one, I, I, I know that I'm not going to do the mistakes that Sea Shepherd has done. Right. Definitely. And, and, I've, and I've learned that. And my, my job during the day is I'm a private investigator and I, my specialty is work cover bullying, harassment and sexual harassment. Oh, wow. And um, that's what, that's what I, um, yeah, uh, the site claims, they're the ones I like the most. <laughs> yeah. But um, doing that kind of stuff for a living and knowing the bullying that's gone on behind the scenes with, with people from certain places um, uh, is what is I'm going to fix. I'm not going to allow that to happen. It's, these are things that I'm, I'm going to change in, in the Paul's foundation because we want to, we want people to feel welcome. Yep. We want people to feel included. We want people to feel heard. Um, it, there's the ideas that people have, then please bring them to us because I know of so many people that have tried to bring ideas to, to Sea Shepherd and have been rejected and never brought to the board, never discussed. Um, so those are the sorts of things that we're going to change. It's just, um, navigating around all of that and getting everyone all involved. And I already have a team here that I work with who I, um, who are all veteran crew members who are very passionate, who are all from old school direct action Sea Shepherd, you know, so having those sorts of people on board um, to, to be my backbone is what's going to help us move forward and, and be successful and, and do successful campaigns, you know, from land and from sea. Yeah. Oh, that, that's wonderful. It's a, it's a breath of fresh air. You know, you, you get to learn from the past mistakes and kind of try to make yeah. things better moving forward. That's awesome. So, yeah. So, so I wanted to ask you moving into 2023, are there any, um, fundraisers? Or are there any, um, goals, anything like that, that you all are planning? Or are you still in that, you know, planning stage of we're not really sure yet? We have got some things in place that we're looking at doing. Um, I don't want to give away too much detail, but um, we are certainly going to be moving forward very quickly. And um, we have got some fundraising ideas already put together that we all agreed on that we're very excited about. And, um, you know, at the start of the year and, and um, yeah, so, you know, it, it's, and it's a team effort. We're doing it all together and um discussions and there's a lot of talk behind the scenes going on okay and uh, we're staying we're trying to stay focused on that and then focus on 
the negative of the past. Right. Yeah. So if someone's, yeah. if someone's listening to this podcast and they're, they want to help out, they want to get involved. Um, how should they go about getting in touch with, with, uh, with you and with, uh, the Australian chapter? Well, the, if they want to become a, a volunteer, then the best way is to go through the Paul Watson Foundation website, okay. which goes to Tiffany, and yep. then Tiffany sends it to me. Right. Yep. yep. <laughs> and then, um, but if there's someone has an idea for a campaign that they want to do, like, okay, so there's um, sea turtles that are being split open and the eggs taken out up north Queensland area. Um, you know, there's I know there's stuff over on on um, the west coast, like. If someone has an idea and they see something, I know some people in Adelaide that are trying to help with the sharks, uh, with um, marine species, putting it on back onto or putting it onto the list of protected animals. Yeah. Um, because apparently over there right now, you can take a shark and tie it to the back of your truck and drive down the street and that's totally legal Whoa. while it's alive. So so I know that um, uh, in Adelaide, they're, trying, they're looking at trying to change those laws. So those sorts of things we want to get involved in. And if anyone's got any ideas, they can email me at Australia at paulwatsonfoundation.org. Okay, wonderful. So, and you no, mentioned, to me. well, and you mentioned a few things that aren't necessarily on maybe the global radar, but are there any uh, topics that are, you know, uh, important to uh, the Australian people um, being right there near the Southern Ocean that maybe, you know, folks in Europe or folks in the United States and other places might not be aware of or might not uh, understand as well? Um, look, aside from, like, obviously, since we've stopped doing the whaling campaigns down in Antarctica, I know that there have been more sightings of whales on the east and west coast of Australia, um, like the southern right whales and all that sort of stuff. Um, the, the, the populations are getting bigger, which is great. Mm. Um, but you know, there's all, all the overfishing and then there's fishing lines, fishing nets. I mean, we could go on about that for y yonks, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, there's also the, the oil that they want to drill down in the bite and the, you know, there's so many, um, other campaigns that are going around that will, that have a ripple effect, you know, and, and, you know, if there's oil spills, how devastating that can be and how far that can travel, yeah. you know, in currents and stuff. And, you know, so there's those sorts of things as well that, um, you know, we need to look at. Yeah. for the future big campaigns but it's a lot of work and a lot of planning yeah yeah and I, and I actually wanted to circle back to what you were speaking about in the very beginning because I have you know folks write in uh, to the podcast email and they get to ask Paul questions and one of the questions that I keep seeing over and over again is questions about what it's like to volunteer on the ship and since you have oh, so yeah. much experience what what <laughs> advice would you give someone uh, let's say, you know, there's someone out there and they've been thinking about this for a year, but they just, they're not really sure what it's going to be like. Do you have any advice for someone that might be getting ready to uh, try to get on Paul's ship and, and wants to, to volunteer in that way? Oh, look, I honestly believe, I think if you really want to uh, um, apply, you should apply. It doesn't matter what your background is. Mm -hmm. Obviously, you know, Paul has said many times that we want to take people with passion um, that's really important because you are literally putting your life at risk and there's no better reason to put your life at risk than for a cause that you believe in. Yeah. You know what I mean? If you don't believe in the cause, then putting your life at risk doesn't really seem something that you'd want to do, obviously, right? So if you've got the passion for it, then apply. The best people we always are looking for are tradespeople, aside from, you know, marine engineers and those sorts of things. 
um, uh, cooks, quartermasters, bridge team, and then you've got the deck team. And, you know, the deck team gets to do all the fun stuff. But aside from the cleaning of the ship, they get to do the fun stuff. But I I highly, highly, highly recommend it. And this is the one thing I will forever OC Shepherd my my thanks to is the opportunities they gave me to – to do what I did and volunteer on the ships um, because it's such a life experience uh, to, to go out there and fight for a cause that you believe in and stand with people who feel the same way you do. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, you, it's just like you take in that, that aura around the ship of all these beautiful people who are fighting for the oceans and fighting for the animals and fighting for the future generations. So um, if you can apply, then apply. If you've got skills, then we want them. Um, you know, there's the sometimes you know boilermakers, welders, carpenters, plumbers, cooks, you know, um, kitchen hands, like all those sorts of people. Hospitality, anything, we would take them on. And, and um, doctors, nurses, vets. We've even had a vet as a medic before. Wow. She was amazing. You know. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. So it, you, you know, you you never know where you might fit in somewhere. You know. I, I mean, and also I, I've also had. You know, when I was managing the Steve, I had a deckhand who um, didn't get along with the bosun, and you know, there, there's always sometimes there's conflicts there. People, and that happens. Doesn't matter where you are, right. ship or not. Um, and you know, and she wanted to get him off the ship, and so instead of getting him off the ship, I moved him to a different department, and he excelled, and then became an officer after that, and went on further campaign, and we almost lost that person because I think he's sometimes you got to dig a little bit deeper as the investigator I am, right. <laughs> dig a little bit deeper and um, and find where those people fit in. You know, sometimes they might end up in the, in the galley, but they don't really like cooking. So, right. oh, well, why don't you try navigation then? Maybe you like some navigation or, you know, how about doing some uh, some deck work and rust repair? I love rust repair. <laughs> it's so satisfying. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. When <laughs> you get that needle gun out, you have your rust repair with a needle gun. It's so satisfying. But yeah, you know what I mean? And yeah. So it doesn't matter really what your background is. If you really want to apply, then apply. I'd say just do it. Okay. Well, that, that's great advice. And I hope, because like I said, I, I, I have gotten emails and I know other folks are getting emails. And so that's that's wonderful to hear from someone that's lived it, that's experienced it and done it, been there and, and you know, seen all the waves and everything. Yeah. Yeah. So is there anything, I guess, that we didn't talk about um, that you might want people to know about the Captain Paul Watson Foundation Australia chapter? Um, I just would like people to know that that they, if they have something to say, we will listen. And, um, you know, that we, we welcome anyone on board, uh, anyone on board with our, with our team, you know, Obviously, when you send people out to do stalls or, or um, campaigning or whatever, there's a there's a code of ethics that has to be followed. Um, and as, as you know, with with that, with knowing that, it doesn't matter who you are or where you're from, race, color, sex, whatever. It does not matter. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. and it doesn't matter who you support. Doesn't matter. We don't care if you've got the passion for what we do and you want to be part of it, then you're welcome to be part of it. All right. that, that's a wonderful message. So Hans, <laughs> thank you so much for joining me today. I've really, it's been great talking to you. It's been a pleasure meeting you. And I look forward to talking to you further as things develop and, you know, the Australian chapter starts to, you know, get involved in some different campaigns and things that you're doing. We'd love to hear about it. 
Yes, awesome. I'd love to speak to you again sometime soon. All right. Well, thank you so much for your time, Hans. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Charlie. Okay. See ya. I want to thank my guest, Hans Seiver, for her time. It was wonderful speaking with her and learning about the Australian chapter. I think her ideas and her approach to uh, running the Australian chapter of the Captain Paul Watson Foundation is going to be great and have tremendous results. And I really look forward to catching up with her down the road and and seeing um, the good work that they're doing down under. I wanted to remind all of our listeners that if you do want to see uh, Paul's new ship, the John Paul DeJoria II, uh, you can see that on the website. Please go to paulwatsonfoundation.org. There you can sign up for Paul's newsletter. Um, You can also uh, donate and just find out more news about our foundation. If you would like to connect with the podcast, um, you can find us on Instagram at cpwf underscore podcast. I know in previous episodes, I think I said the Instagram name wrong, but the correct one is cpwf underscore podcast. If you send us a question, uh, we might be able to ask Paul that question. So please do uh, interact and send questions in and hopefully we'll get to ask Paul uh, something that's interesting to you. This episode is brought to you by Phycodurus Equus. Thanks. If the oceans die, we die.